0: One, what is up? We are back on this October 5th of 2021, this Tuesday around seven o'clock Eastern time. Episode 75 of Football Life presents the Audible. I am your host, Randy Hammond, alongside my compadre Matt Bushnell. Both of us coming off victories of our football teams. Very rare occurrence on the show, by the way. How the heck are you? You know, Randy,
1: I am shocked, surprised, amazed, and just genuinely. You know, I, I don't know how to express it. There were surprises, but I'm glad the Bears gave me a W to go along with the White Sox playoff appearance, baby.
0: Well, the Bears beating the Lions, less surprising as, surprising as the Giants going into New Orleans and getting their first win over the Saints. Uh, big shocker on my end, especially, which pairs nicely uh, with the potential of the Yankees eliminating the Red Sox tonight. So I could have that sort of same mojo that you have now, Matt Bushnell. So I'm looking forward to the possibility of that. I got my pinstripes on. I'm repping the Giants. We're good to go here in New York. Uh, <laughs> we got Bronxie on our side. So this is going to be a quick episode, because for pitches in about an hour or so um well we will be as quick as we, we can get it so i'm not gonna just uh make this a bad episode for you we're still gonna do the show um and, and then we have to do our normal thing here too man we have to, episode 75 iconic number in the sport of football really um two like it's at least to me off the, just the top of my head two iconic names uh and you're gonna take one of them and i'm gonna take one of them right
1: yeah, I mean, I would say Matthew Bush now, but obviously, you know, um, <laughs> while he did wear that number, the more famous 75 that we, well, the 75s that we know are well more, uh, a lot more famous. One is, of course, Howie Long, Hall of Famer Howie Long. Woo! <clears throat>
0: Uh, yeah, now, now we're currently a Fox analyst. Uh, obviously, great great sons in the in the league as well, champions as well. Uh, I'm going to go meet Joe Green, a legendary Steeler, Hall of Famer in his own right. How can you not do that? I mean, uh, Corey Richmond already in the comments saying, me Joe, took my thunder. Um, but, yeah, obviously, two iconic number 75s right there. Um, but let's get into it. We're going to do things a little bit differently this show, So just going through and recapping each and every game and then transitioning into our previews. We're gonna, just going to do the previews, and and then talk about how each of those teams did pre- uh, in, uh, on Sunday or Monday or Thursday, whatever. But we are going to do primetime games. We're going to keep that segment going. Maybe keep that a little tighter. So, Matt, let's get it going. Uh, let's start with Monday Night Football. After a weather delay, somehow indoors, uh, lightning delay, appropriate for a team uh, with a lightning bolt on their helmets, uh, the Chargers were the team to come out and beat up on the division rival Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Justin Herbert looked real good. Austin Eckler looked real good. Uh, the Raiders defense uh, banged up again, um, and the Chargers roll here. Uh, I wrote Chargers strike Raiders, and I feel like that was appropriate. And it was 28 to 14, and I felt like this game came down to. To one decision, um, by, um, why I don't know, but by, by the Raiders to kick a field goal, um, that would have cut it to a four point game instead of going for it on fourth down. I believe it was late third quarter, early fourth quarter, and that to me really set the tone. Um, and said, All right, we're not totally interested in winning this game. After I felt like they really needed to go for it in that case. It was like a 56 yarder, Gruden just electing to kick instead of go for it. To me, I would have trusted my quarterback in that scenario because you coach and you play to win football games, not to not lose them, and you already were losing. I felt like that was a big moment in the game, Matt. What did your takeaway? What were your takeaways to me? That was, uh, I mean, they were already winning, but that to me was like, here, Chargers, have this game. Uh, No big deal. All
1: right. So, this is going to be a little bit controversial, I'm sure, because there's going to be other fans of other teams out there that think their quarterback has played better. I don't think Justin Herbert is going to win MVP because I don't think he's going to have enough touchdown passes. But I think he's playing the best quarterback in the NFL right now he has been just, the the accuracy is incomparable. The deep ball is pretty. There's not a whole lot that you could poke holes at Justin Herbert. And the one thing I criticized him the most for was his toughness. I, you know, coming out of Oregon, we all kind of didn't think he he might have the mental toughness to play this type of position, but boy, we were wrong. And it's showing big time. Um, You know, I think him and another quarterback we're going to talk about, could definitely compete for the mvp this year i mm-hmm. really really love what i see from justin herbert the Chargers' defense is for real with Derwin james being healthy on the yep. back end of that defense he erases so many things but overall my biggest takeaway randy is what joey bosa said after the game mm-hmm. Derek carr is a gr- good great football player great quarterback but we knew if we hit him he would kind of curl up in a ball and he wouldn't, he, he would shut down a little. To me, that is pretty damning.
0: Yep. That, that was very telling to me as well. And then they, someone edited video of him saying that and then with the, the clip of Carr huddling the ball <laughs> up like this and then sort of bracing that hit. And he still had time to make a throw or potentially keep running. And, and to his point, he seemed like he was correct on that analysis. And, like, you don't need to convince me of any of Justin Herbert <laughs> hot takes or anything. I, I, I'm in full bloom love with the guy. I picked him to win MVP. I would have bet on him to win MVP if there were rules, if there weren't rules against it. Uh, I loved, loved Justin Herbert. He finished 25 or 38, 222 yards three touchdowns and just complete command over this entire game. You saw how much the difference between the two coaches and how much they trust their teams. The chargers went on, it for, uh, went on, <laughs> went for it on fourth down, I believe three different occasions uh, on uh, in, uh, uh on the plus side of the 50 or around the 50 whereas the Raiders did not go for it on fourth down um, when they, when the game was on the line for them. And when the, when the Raiders had momentum, they had scored 14 unanswered points in the third quarter. They really needed to keep the pressure on char- the Chargers because it looked like it was, we were in store for a great finish here and they elected to the kick. And of course he misses. And then the Chargers get the game ceiling touchdown by Eckler in the fourth. So uh, there you have it. I mean, the, uh, two of these, both these teams are three and one in the same division. This division now has three, three and one teams and the chiefs obviously now two and two. So this is going to be, uh, an incredible uh, thing to watch all year long. And to me, Justin Herbert has played so far like the best quarterback in the league. And they easily could be 4-0 right now. Um, but Herbert did not play uh, like we're accustomed to seeing him play at this point in that game. So uh, to me, the Chargers are, uh, I mean, this isn't your old Chargers. This isn't the Phillip Rivers Chargers. To me, they are legit and they are a contender. And it's pretty crazy to even think uh, to think that and even say that out loud, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, they they're a good football team. They're well put
1: together. And who, who would have guessed that Rashawn Slater would have been good at left tackle? Oh, wait, this guy.
0: <laughs> I think both of us had an affinity for for the left tackle, and we both wanted him. And to lean on Tompkins' point in the comment section, Miami is somewhere punching the air. <laughs> uh, they will have to go down to infamy for picking Tua Tagamailoa at number five over Herbert at number six. So, yeah. That is fun. All right, let's move on to the other, well, one of the three primetime games, and it was Sunday night football in a monsoon in Foxborough, uh, dubbed the biggest and most exciting regular season game of all time. Competitive football game, the rain put a damper on it for me. It did not reach its full potential, and I think the weather had a ton to do with that. Uh, Brady didn't play great in this game. I thought Mac Jones showed some things, but also – Uh, didn't play totally great in this game and a questionable decision by Bill Belichick at the end. I want to get your take on that as well stat lines on the two quarterbacks. Brady 22-43, 269 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Mac Jones 31-40, 275 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. And then the Bucs win this game 19-17 to because Belichick elected to kick a long field goal, I believe 50 plus, uh, with Nick Folk uh, with about a minute left. And even if he hit it, you'd still give the ball back to Brady with a timeout with a minute left. Um, So to me, instead of it was obviously plus territory, it was at the 37-ish yard line um i would have liked to, i mean mac jones had completed about 16 consecutive balls at that point what if, would you have done there matt I, to me i'm just surprised belichick didn't trust his guys and said hey let's go win this game let's not kick a field goal in this conditions especially i mean it was downpouring it was raining very hard and it would have been a really hard kick to make uh even if there wasn't raining so just added to that uh to me i'm uh, i thought it was an uncharacteristic decision uh by belichick at that spot
1: I, you know, it's kind of feels kind of foolish, like who am I to can't uh, question Bill Belichick here, but I, I, I'm probably going for it in that situation. Cause like what you said, a 50 yard field goal in the rain with the wind, the storm, everything playing a factor into that decision. I just, I wouldn't have felt great about it. And let's face it. The Buccaneers pass defense is bad. It, it is bad 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 and they got a bunch of guys out Richard Sherman you know I, I I don't know what he does to improve that the Bucks typically don't play cover three they're more of a man-to-man type of defense yes so, so I'm interested to see how that plays out because I think a lot of wide receivers in the league during Sherman's prime didn't think he was that good they just called him a zone corner mm-hmm. so to me um I think I would have gone for it in that situation with everything added up. I wouldn't have run the football because I think that's one of the biggest strengths of that Buccaneers defense is that defensive line. And Vita Vea is just a complete animal on the defensive line. So I would have went for it. To me, it was a sloppy played game. You didn't get the best of Brady. I think Brady's emotions were really amped up. Um, But one of the things I liked, what I saw from Brady when he was throwing and, you know, a lot of passes were incomplete. A lot of them were high, but they were never in danger of being intercepted. Like mm-hmm. Brady was very cerebral with where he was going to throw that football. And if he was going to miss, he was going to miss high. So mm-hmm. that way no one would pick it off. And that just shows you the intelligence of what Brady plays with. I I don't, the Buccaneers have shown some warts and that pass defense could be their Achilles heel. But granted, I think they had, what, four corners out for this game? Yes. So so that definitely hurts them. Uh, Gronkowski is probably going to be out for a month with those broken ribs and punctured lung, which is not easy to come back from. No joke. (laughs) Yeah, really no joke. So, you know, the Buccaneers, I don't love their running game. They tried to run the football. I thought they were okay at it. Mac Jones, the biggest takeaway with Mac is – Supreme game manager, that's what his ceiling's going to be in the <laughs> NFL. Like, no ball, you know, besides his interception, like, felt like it was going to be in danger. So, it, it was an all right game by Jones. I just don't come away impressed with Mac Jones. What about you, Randy?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a Mac. Uh, he's definitely a game manager, but at the same time, he's a rookie. So uh, the level that in which he reads defenses and processes at the line of scrimmage is, I think, advanced for the stage of where he's at. I think it's certainly at a level higher than some of the other rookies we've seen. Uh, his ceiling is not close to the other rookies we've seen because he cannot make plays with his legs. He cannot improvise. He can't run. Um, and I don't think he has the arm strength as some of the other guys either. So um, the ceiling is certainly capped somewhere, um, but his floor is good. He can't bottom out quite like some of the other guys, He can definitely play in this league and he can help you play. He can help you win by not making uh, you know too many mistakes. The Patriots' success is based on how well they can run the ball, and you want to guess on how many total rushing yards they had in this game at Bushnell. <laughs> I, I I
1: think I read, was it negative one.
0: Correct. Negative one rushing yards on eight <laughs> attempts. Um, that uh, is a credit to Tampa as the front front four. And also um, just overall, just not even committing to the run at all. Obviously only had eight attempts. That's not ideal. Um, the Patriots keeping this game as close as they did to me is a testament to how well Bill Belichick coaches defense. And yet also the monsoon that happened in this entire game. So <laughs> I was kind of disappointed in the entertainment value of this game, but nonetheless, we had drama at the end, uh, and Brady kind of doing what he did to every other fan base uh, in 18 years while he was with New England. So if you're a Pats fan, welcome to the club.
1: Yeah, and the only thing I'm going to add to that in closing is there were three throws by two quarterbacks this past weekend or, or is exactly what you said. Those three throws, Mac Jones can never make. So,
0: Yeah. Kind of like he was the last one taken, for sure. Um, we've said that. I thought we we both said he had pro qualities, but also had a had a cap on his ceiling. And you know, we're seeing that now. Yeah, uh, but that's okay. All right, last primetime game until we move into our previews because it's getting closer and closer to first pitch. Matt Bushnell itching, itching at it. Um, I'm getting ESPN playing ads in my face. This is ridiculous. Um, all right. Thursday night football feels like a lifetime ago. The Bengals go down 14, nothing in the first half, to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then make a comeback, score 24 points in the second half and win on a last second field goal, 24, 21, the Bengals three, one, what the hell is going on here? And the Jags look like they're going to be fighting with the lions for the worst record in the sport. Um, to me, this game is Joe Burrow. Uh, he is unbelievable. Uh, He's fully back from that ACL injury the audible at the end of this game uh, where he sees a blitz coming and he calls a screen to the tight end Uzoma uh, and ends up going for a first down. Everyone after the game said that was all Burrow. He called that. He saw what was there and called that. He's 24 years old and is already doing things like this. Um, I, I I love Joe Burrow. I think he is just an assassin. Uh, he finishes 25 of 32, 348 yards, two touchdowns. Um, and then on the flip side, Trevor Lawrence is probably the best game he's had as a pro. I'm not saying a ton considering how badly his career has started. 17-24, uh, 204 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, but he also added a rushing touchdown. So a little bit more of a Clemson-style offense uh, it looked like to me for the Jags, which I think is ideal uh, for Lawrence. Um, but unfortunately, Matt, uh, games takes aside. Uh, there's other Jags news that we've been following for the last couple of days.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just goes into dysfunction with this team. Urban Meyer mingling and playing <laughs> Finger Pirate. With a young co-ed at his Urban Meyers Pint Bar in Columbus, Mm. Ohio. You talk about losing a team. I I I grant, okay, we all want to spend time with our family. I mean, that's easy to understand. But he didn't fly back with the team. And as the head coach, I kind of view that as unacceptable. Like, that's your team. And it was a Thursday night game you know you got to go back you got to go back with the guys this is a disaster and a train wreck looking at Jacksonville and I've talked about it the offense looks disjointed there's no rhyme or reason Um, Cincinnati is three and one their one loss is to the Chicago Bears mind you so with that being said thank you thank you thank you (laughs) looking like a pretty good win now Uh, (laughs) but at the end of the day Cincinnati has been fortunate playing an inept just I I don't even know what the Vikings are but man you got to give them credit they're finding a way to win games and that's with Joe Burrow Joe Burrow has changed the narrative and remember Randy when everyone was like what's the NFL gonna do when Peyton Manning Philip Rivers Ben Roethlisberger Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Drew Brees all retire well guess what they got Justin Justin Herbert Patrick Mahomes I'm not sure if we want to throw Deshaun Watson in the mix there. But... <laughs> Maybe not. Um, and, you know, and there's other guys out there that are looking really good. That are impressive young quarterbacks. Russell Wilson's still out there balling. The NFL is mm-hmm. doing fine, and these young quarterbacks. Joe Burrow has joined that ascension, and I and I will call it, Randy. I think Joe Burrow is going to be a top five quarterback in this league. I he guess. has it. He, he just has what it takes to be successful.
0: Absolutely. Uh, And Aikman said something to me that was pretty alarming. um, And just think about, Um, he said the Bengal, he said Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence are going to be two, two of the best, two of the most elite quarterbacks in this league for the next decade. And yet here they are as the quarterbacks of the Bengals and the Jaguars, Uh, not typically franchises you associate with having great quarterback play, but I can't really disagree with him completely. I mean, as bad as Lawrence's career has started, I still have faith um, that he will turn into a guy that we look at and say, yeah, he's one of the best in the league. I think coaching needs to change, and I think we're seeing now with Urban Meyer that it probably will change. Um, he has apparently lost the entire locker room, and his credibility was not that high to begin with amongst his players and other coaches. So uh, I can see this ending uh, as soon as this week. Uh, would not shock me. In any way. And I'm going to place a bet maybe that he's going to be the USC head coach by november um so that is good for trevor lawrence to me Uh, i think getting a professional in there who knows what they're doing uh who's not completely in over their head can only help lawrence and burrow i had my doubts of him coming back from that knee uh, knee injury but he has looked the part completely he somehow looks like macaulay culkin in (laughs) um, home alone and yet still looks like he could murder everyone uh and just do it with a smile so uh i i it's crazy, but both of these two historically bad franchises have two franchise quarterbacks, um, and it's cool to see. Uh, you you know what you talk about parody, and you know this is where it starts.
1: Yeah, and, and just a quick thought on Trevor Lawrence. I feel bad for him because he ended up. Like I, I felt, I feel like if he ended up with the Jets, he'd be in a much better situation, because it's not such a clown show there. When Shad Khan said that he doesn't need a GM, that he made the picks. To to me, Randy, that is a sign for trouble, because this guy needs football people in there. It matters to have structure. And I feel like Trevor Lawrence is going to be hampered by a bad organization, maybe for the duration of his
0: time in Jacksonville. Well, the good thing about that is if it is really bad uh, in the first four or five years of his career, he does not need to resign there. Um, It could just be a rough start, and then he can land on his feet somewhere in a more stable situation. So I am not out on Trevor Lawrence uh, yet. It's too soon for me.
1: Yeah, the talent's there, but I, I just think it's a really bad organization.
0: I could see us five years from now going, hey, remember the first month of Trevor Lawrence's career when he had Herbert Myers as head coach and we all thought he might have sucked? Uh, that was a fun month that we had there. Uh, <laughs> and it appears, you know, as Leon also points out in the comments, that Jamar Chase might have pulled a fast one on everyone with how poorly he played in the preseason. Cannot reiterate enough, preseason football means nothing. And uh, I'll still criticize them for not picking Panay Sewell because I still think that was the right pick. But nonetheless, Jamar Chase production so far has been there and the connection with Joe Burrow is certainly there to this point. All right, Matt, you ready for some previews? All right, let's get it rolling. All right. Uh, Thursday night football. It is a good one. I think we're past the point of crappy Thursday night football games. Uh, And we have uh, an NFC West showdown, the Los Angeles Rams traveling to Seattle to play the Seahawks and the Rams coming off of their first loss. Uh, not, not true. Uh, yeah. Their first loss to the, to the, um, to the Cardinals, I should say, I'm, I'm getting my brain all scrambled. Um, they got dominated by the Cardinals, I should say in another, uh, divisional matchup and then Seattle coming off of a big win over the Niners. So NFC West matchups all around for everybody, not totally mad about it. These, all these teams are damn good. Uh, and I think the Rams got punched in the face a little bit here. Uh, I don't know what to expect of them going for. Robert Woods was very upset after the game, Matt Stafford, Came back to earth a little bit here. And in Seattle, we thought they were dead in the water. Um, And they came back and flipped the script. And everyone's like, oh, they can't score in the second half. And then all they did was score in the second half. So um, the moral of the story is you can't ever count out Russell Wilson, in my opinion. Uh, And with the Rams, they have high-end, great elite talent. But when you play a team with an electric quarterback and Kyler Murray, anything is possible in the NFL. So Thursday night football, we're in for a good one here, man.
1: Absolutely. I think you see when Russell Wilson's able to use Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and, you know, just those weapons in general, I I still, I'm just going to say what it is. Seattle, I don't think defensively is good enough to stop a good offensive team. And I think San Francisco, they're not as good as I think they are, or I thought they were. So so, so to me, this is kind of like leveling out now. I still think the Rams are elite. I think you know, and I, I think I'm putting Arizona with the elite category because what they did was they spanked them. They, they put a little bit of a spanking on them, brought out the old paddle, and I go with the Rams here. And I, I think it's a close game. It'll be a fun game to watch. Thursday night football has really given us some pretty good matchups overall. Um, evenly matched teams with good results, good outcomes for the fans. So I'm going to take Los Angeles here, Randy, 28 to 27.
0: All right. Um, I, I, I think about how just how Seattle bounced back in that game. And I really do trust Russell Wilson a ton, but I just don't think their talent level matches up with the Rams. And I do think the Cardinals talent level does. And I think that we really underestimated that coming into the season. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a great coach, but ultimately when you have a great offense and a system that revolves around Kyler Murray being one of the most electric, unique, watchable quarterbacks we've ever seen, um, And it doesn't matter how bad you are. I think even a Meyer would find a way to make that work. And maybe I took a step too far there. I don't know. Uh, But (laughs) for the Cardinals, I think we definitely underestimated that roster in general. So uh, to me, the Rams are going to come into this game angry. I don't think McVeigh is a guy who's going to lose two games in five days. And I just think they're going to come in there uh, and say, we're we're just better than you right now. And uh, ultimately I do think they win this game. So I'm going to say the Rams – uh, 31, Seattle 24, uh, in a game in which Stafford probably finds Cooper Cup late for a go-ahead touchdown. So uh, this is also, uh, I maybe I'm just not paying attention, but Seattle's field is called Lumen Field now. When did yep. it stop being called CenturyLink? Link? <laughs> uh,
1: I think Lumen bought out Century Link, so.
0: Interesting, because I always like to call it the link, but it's not yep. that way anymore.
1: Yeah, names uh, change.
0: Stupid advertisements. Uh, all right. So Sunday, we know this this Sunday brings a different definition to early games at no <laughs> especially for you. Um, so an extra early start on Sunday because it's a 9:30 kickoff for me, it means it's a 6:30 kickoff for you. And you get to wake up and watch Zach Wilson coming off of his first win of his career, baby, against the Falcons, who did some Falcons shit on Sunday and somehow <laughs> blew that game to the Washington football team. It's Wilson, Matt Ryan. Robert Salah against another first-year first, uh, first year, uh, coach uh, in Arthur Smith. Uh, and Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London, England. This is where they're back after the COVID prevented it from happening last year. I love waking up on these Sundays when they go to London and just having football from the time I wake up until the time i go to bed it is just it doesn't get any better than that i don't care how bad or good the giants do or how bad or good my fantasy teams should pick them i just get football on all day and matt i know you agree with this just doesn't get any better than that
1: no it doesn't unless you have to get up at 6 30 in the morning to watch it <laughs> <laughs> well, well no I, I get up early in the morning i'm an early riser randy hammond mm-hmm. I, I like to get up and smell the fresh coffee and see the birds in the morning mm-hmm. so to me I I go back and we mentioned, I, you know, we we alluded to the three throws that were made this weekend, this past weekend that Mac Jones can't do. And man, that touchdown pass that Zach Wilson threw I, I, what a throw Uh, just utterly speechless, just right on the money, just put it perfectly in there. So Zach Wilson had a really nice game. Nice to see him bounce back. It seems like a little bit of that adversity and taking, you know, some of those punishments that he take and you know, some of the naysayers. It's good to see him bounce back. You know, it's a really
0: yeah. I don't mean to interrupt you, man. I just want to say he had like three throws where I was very impressed yeah. with his accuracy on. I, I I thought he looked really good in that game.
1: Yeah, I mean he can sling the football. There, his arm strength is not in question here. We kind of question the accuracy, but you know, he, yeah. he showed out. And then I go back to Atlanta. And there's three things in life you can count on. <laughs> Death, taxes, and the Falcons blowing a fourth quarter lead. Yep. <laughs> um, you know it's just going to happen. So to me, you know, I don't know where Atlanta goes from here. I hate how they're using Calvin Ridley. It's like at some point you got to take your shots with them, right, Randy? You just can't mm-hmm. keep ignoring him.
0: It's so crazy how they're using him.
1: I, I I I don't get it. I, I really don't. I know a lot of fantasy football fans that have them on their team who we thought like Calvin Ridley is supposed to take that next step into that elite wide receiver category. And it just seems like they do not know how to use them or to utilize him. I don't know. But Arthur Smith kind of feels out of his element with this offense. And maybe it's a Matt Ryan issue. Maybe they're not able to run the football and set up the play action like they want to. But you were beating Washington. And you, you just blew it. You just blew it. Um, I, you know, I'm going to go on the limb here, Randy, and I can't believe I'm doing this. I think the Jets win two in a row. I, I think Robert Sala was the best coaching hire. I think he gets this team ready to play. I, I, I like Zach Wilson against a bad defense again. So give me the Jets 21 to the Falcons 17.
0: I don't think you're crazy. Uh, To me, when you look at the Falcons, the way they utilize, or lack thereof, uh, Calvin Ridley and even their first-round pick, Kyle Pitts – is super frustrating, especially if you're a Falcons fan. Uh, And a guy, (laughs) Cordero Patterson, has three touchdowns for you, and he looks like he's your best playmaker. I mean, that is alarming. And I I know that Ridley's probably getting extra attention. I I bet Pitts is also getting extra attention. So it it opens up the possibilities for other teams. But Arthur Smith's supposed to be this offensive coordinator genius. Uh, He's supposed to be up drawing up plays for these guys to get open, and I've yet to see that with the Falcons. Now, for the Jets, and Jacob, you're going to be happy to hear this from me, but you look at the schedule the Jets have played. The Panthers look to be a top-10 defense. Yep. Vic Fangio and the Broncos also look are also always a tough defense to play. Bill Belichick and the Patriots, always a tough defense to play. Those were those first three games for Zach Wilson uh, in his career. Those are nothing to sneeze at, and to me, the first chance he got to play a defense – that wasn't very good in the Titans, you can kind of see him get more comfortable. And I don't think that's any surprise. Uh, The less resistance you get from a defense, the more comfortable, the more plays you're going to make. Uh, And you get back-to-back weeks where you get another bad defense. The Falcons, by all means, thus they're playing the Giants at MetLife Stadium for some reason, are a bad defense who are going to give up a ton of points. So I like the Jets in this spot. Um, I... I don't love them, but I do think I like the confidence coming off of their first win. The defense plays fast. Anyone who watched all three other games to this point knows that. Um, and I like the jets too. I don't know if I like it big. I think it could be sloppy. Sometimes these London games are a little bit of a, of a mess, um, but I think the jets are going to win. And I think they're going to win 17 to 14, uh, potentially on the last second field goal. So you're going to wake up early to watch uh, two of these franchises go at it. So whether that's good or bad, nonetheless, it's early morning football and I'm excited
1: for it. Yeah. Uh, nice to see Zach Wilson play some good football too. That'll be fun to see.
0: Got to ditch the headband though. I can't trust that enough. Never going to take him seriously unless he ditches the headband. Yeah. So. yeah. All right, back at the states for the early games now. Uh, we're going to go to your favorite state of them all, Matt Bushnell, and that's <laughs> Ohio, uh, <laughs> Cincinnati, Ohio specifically. Uh, we just broke down the Bengals' uh, performance in their last game, they have 10 days to prepare for the Green Bay Packers. who are coming off of a comfortable victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, not much to say there other than the Steelers uh, look like a mess to me, and the Packers look like they're hitting their stride. Uh, they're playing good football offensively. They're Defense is, is fine. I don't think it's great, but it's fine. Uh, this looks like a team that we're gonna see deep in the playoffs once again. Um, and Green Bay and the Bengals are a nice story. They're three and one right now, but to me, uh, they get a little bit tougher of an opponent here in Green Bay. Uh, and it's in a bad spot. So try no, 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 convince me that this game isn't gonna be won by Packers by you know double digits. Oh,
1: boy. Um well they turned the ball over four times versus the Bears and only lost by four points. Three all right. touchdown. So, uh, offensively, I think the. All right. So, I'll, I'll say this the Packers are not as good as the Bears defensively, right? I, I, I think we can all agree to that. The Bears are a better defensive team. Um, the Bears are bad offensively. We all know that. Mm-hmm. So, if the Packers get four turnovers, it's going to be a blowout. The Bengals cannot turn the ball over against the Packers, they, they have to control the football. If they control the football, it's probably a one-score game. If they turn it over and give Aaron Rodgers extra downs, you know, or extra possessions, or let alone a short field, it's going to be a long day for them mm-hmm. because the Packers can score at will. Um, I think Joe Burrow is, you know, I I'll say the interceptions were kind of fluky. I, I will say that in the Bears game. I like Joe Burrow mm-hmm. a lot here, but the Packers are better than the Bears, the Packers are better than the Vikings. And the Packers are better than the Jaguars. And the Bengals, I think, average win is like by two and a half points or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take the Packers. I think the Packers put up points because I don't love that Bengals defense. I'm going to say Packers 31, Bengals 21.
0: Yeah, I like that score. I think that sounds about right to me. I'm going to go Green Bay 34, Cincinnati 23. Uh, and I and I, just a comfortable win. By the Packers okay um moving on now uh, to one of the winless teams in the NFL uh the Detroit Lions coming off of a beatdown from your Chicago Bears sorry Leon uh just telling it how it is uh they're traveling to Minnesota to play the Vikings who are coming off of a loss of their own to the Cleveland Browns a tough fought uh 14 to 7 game and the, the Browns defense is just so good that They just kept Kirk Cousins in that, uh, the offense in check. Uh, so both of these teams coming off of losses, uh, Detroit um, more obvious than, than maybe the Vikings are at this point. Uh, but to me, the Vikings have talent all over the place offensively. Uh, and then defensively, I think that they're pretty inconsistent, but they do have some names here and there that can come out to play. Uh, we've said time and time, this feels like a rebuild in Detroit. I think um, – the coach has done some nice things and yet has done some questionable things at the same time. Um, but I like the the Vikings to win this game with the potential of a Detroit backdoor cover, which I almost feel like a thing every week because garbage <laughs> time golf is real thing. Almost like um, Blake Bortles back yep. in the day to me. So uh, I like the Vikings in this divisional matchup and I'm sure you do too, man. Right?
1: Yeah, I, I do. Um, let's face it. I, The Vikings don't have the defensive front that the Bears do. They don't have Cleo Mack. They don't have Robert Quinn. They don't have Akeem Hicks. And they don't have Roquan Smith. So Panay Sewell kind of had a rough time with Robert Quinn and Cleo Mack when they switched off on him. You know, he was a rookie. He showed his rookie warts. He's going to get an easier matchup this week. With that being said, I just, I can't get over the fact that Goff is going to golf. I mean, I'm not sure if you saw it, Randy. But the dude literally had a ball hit off his dick and went into a Bears <laughs> defensive lineman's arms.
0: It's, no, I didn't do that.
1: Oh, my God. It He walked up to try to call an audible. The center snapped it hit right off his midsection and went right into Belial Nichols' hands. Um, one of the more embarrassing moments of golf's career, I am sure. <laughs> a little nut shot and <laughs> turnover. <sighs> You can't trust the Lions to, like, they'll come back. Get me Don't get me wrong there. They can mount a little bit of a comeback. But I just think, you know, I'll, I'll talk about the Bears when we get there. Um, but the big play was there against that defense all day. And I can't help but think with Thielen, Jefferson, and Dalvin Cook, I it's going to be a long day at the office. I, I do think the backdoor covers in play. So, I, I'm going to say the Vikings, 35, the Lions, 27.
0: Well, I mean, I do think the Vikings are capable of putting up that score on a bad defense like Detroit. To me, this feels like a must win for Minnesota because they're 1-3 now. Um, I think that they probably should be 2-2, two and two, but they are sitting here at 1-3. and three. I think they're too talented to be this bad. And despite my – really our uh, – comical views of Kirk cousins. And I did think he was playing well leading up to that game and he did not play well uh, in that game. Um, It's time for him to put together another nice one here against the lions. Uh, And I don't know where Detroit's first wins coming from. I don't know when it's happening, if it's going to happen at all, but I don't think it's going to happen here. So I do like Minnesota. I'm going to say 30 uh, to 24. And a lot of that 24 comes when the game is already out of hand. So,
1: And, and, and just for the record, I think Cleveland has the best
0: defense in the NFL. I'm it's the thing. It, yeah, I mean, go watch how Miles Garrett just abuses the offensive line of the Vikings and just basically uses them as a battering ram into <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Like he's terrifying. Uh, he he went, he's going to win Defense Player of the Year probably, uh, and it might not be that close. All right, we're moving on now to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where the Steelers are welcoming in the Denver Broncos. And the Broncos have a bit of a quarterback problem now all of a sudden because Teddy Bridgewater left for the concussion uh, after they lost their first game to the Baltimore Ravens at home, uh, 21-7. to uh, Maybe it was more than that. I believe it was 21-7. Uh, but nonetheless, no Teddy Bridgewater. Drew Locke came in the game and threw an interception. It kind of showed why they didn't really want to go with him to begin with. Um, and then the Steelers coming off of that uh, beatdown by the Packers. And the Steelers look old. The offensive line can't block for Big Ben, and Big Ben can't move. He can't really throw throw that well. Uh, and the defense without TJ Watt is not as good as it could be. So uh, this feels like, I don't know if you, if you ever heard a wounded dog game, but both of these teams feel like they're wounded at the moment, but Denver still to me in a better situation than Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh's back against her backs are against the wall. And if they get TJ Watt back, I like him in this spot.
1: Yeah. I think this comes down to whoever scores a defensive touchdown. I, I don't believe in either one of these offenses. Um, you know, I, seeing Willie Sneed run the football over Najee Harris is just dumbfounding. I, I don't get it. So with, with that being said, Randy, I just, I, I don't know. I, I think the Steelers protect the ball maybe a little bit better than Drew Locke does. So uh, I mean, I I don't love what I saw from Pittsburgh against green Bay and I don't love what I saw from Denver against Baltimore, but Baltimore had the better well, you know, I don't know because Aaron Rodgers is pretty good. Two different running types of quarterbacks here. Yeah. This game's going to be tough to watch. I think it's going to be a 13 to 10 type of game. Mm. Um, God, um, I, I'm going to take Denver 13 to 10.
0: I think Denver. Obviously, we talked about how much they benefited their first three games playing teams that were combined zero and nine. Um, and I mean, you both loved them. You know, I thought we we both uh, you know said so they could win double digit games. We're going to be a playoff team. I still don't feel like that their season's like totally in the balance here. You know, I feel like that they're still going to be good enough. I do think they need Teddy Bridgewater back to completely be good enough because with Locke, he makes a lot more mistakes than Vic Fangio would like. They like to play more conservative. There's no easier way to lose football games in the NFL than to beat yourself. Uh, with turnovers, uh, penalties, and Locke obviously turns the ball over much more than Teddy B does. Um, Pittsburgh to me and Tomlin I think feels this too. Um, this is a must-win game for them. It's going to get late real early for the Steelers if they don't win this game, and I think that's why they're they are going to win this game. And I like the Steelers in a close ugly game. This is going to be a like not for a side or eyes. Uh, I like the Steelers. 19 to Denver's 17. Uh, it's just going to be a tough one there uh, on the banks of the Three Rivers. Okay, moving on now. Uh, we have a few more early games here. The Battle of Florida Vince is the mascot for this one. Uh, <laughs> we have Miami traveling up to go play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it looks like we get Jacoby Percet uh, against Tom Brady, so and look, if you're in a survivor pool and you haven't already taken the bucks, this feels like an early candidate for pick of the week. Uh, Tampa coming off of the, we already broke down their win over the, over the Patriots. And now Brady has been now the fourth quarterback or whatever to win, I guess every team in the league and the dolphins, um, they got beat up by the Colts of all teams. And you and I both liked them in that spot. We thought the defense would show up and it didn't Carson Wentz kind of had his way with them the entire game. And Brissett really had a shaky game, which also surprised me as well. So uh, uh, it's getting late early for the Dolphins and the Bucs, I expect, to just keep rolling here.
1: Yeah, I, I like the Bucks here. I don't think there's much that Miami's going to do offensively against that defense. With at quarterback, they have to be a running football team, and that plays right into Tampa's strengths. Yep. Um, the Florida weather is going to vastly enhance Tom Brady's throwing accuracy. I think Brady's going to have a big day. Um, like Sunday night like football kind of was a more of an aberration type for Brady. Um, if he had his big tight end in Gronk, I think he probably would have had better numbers, yep. but I'm going Tampa here. I, I think Tampa easily hangs 30 plus points on him. So give me Tampa 35 to Miami 17. I, I don't think this is going to be rather
0: close. Yeah. Miami can't run the ball uh, at all. Um, I, I think a lot of people were optimistic about miles Gaskin and uh, Ahmed, And they're both losing carries to Malcolm Brown. Uh, that's not ideal. Uh Just with Brissette in there, he's fine as a backup, and obviously he's a gamer and everything. But to me, and this is crazy, but, like, the upside is so much more with Tua. Um, when Tua plays well, well with confidence, I think he utilizes the offense better. Um, I might be in the minority of thinking that way. I still don't think they win this game with Tua by any means. Um, but we know Tampa Bay's secondary can be had here, but I just think Miami's offense is not set up to take advantage of it. So, to me, I like the Bucs big. I like them 38-14 to 14 over Miami, and I already took the Bucks, so I cannot pick them as <laughs> survivor this week. Um, but if you haven't, this is the spot i think to survive in advance yeah
1: and and just watch i i think deshaun watson's
0: going to be a dolphin rather soon it's an interesting thing to to point out there because i think the worse the quarterback situation gets in miami the more willing they would be to make a deal like that Uh, they're going to give up a ton yeah i could see that uh all right now we move on to New Orleans at Washington football team. I, New Orleans, I do not understand. They just came off of a loss to the New York Giants, and they had a 21-10 lead in the fourth quarter of that game, uh, and they somehow lost in overtime 27-21. Uh, Jameis, not, and might, meanwhile, Jameis did not turned the ball over. He played well in that game. Um, and overall, they scored 21 points, but it was their defense, who we both like a ton, that gave up uh, seemingly no effort Uh, to to stop the Daniel Jones and the rest of the Giants offense in the fourth quarter and in overtime. So I don't know what to make of New Orleans at all. They feel like a team that could win any week or lose any week, and that's just what it is. But I expected Jameis to be the reason why more than anything, and yet he wasn't. Uh, And in the Washington football team, the legend of Taylor Heineke continues to grow because if there was ever a young quarterback who is built like the starting quarterback that he took over for, it is Taylor Heineke. He is Ryan Fitzpatrick, all over again to me because he he's all fired up all the time, talking all this shit, and he's he's an absolute gamer. Uh, every ball he throws, I think, could either be a touchdown or intercepted. He is just so weird, but I, I I love it. He has my attention every time, and he had he made some huge plays down the stretch against the Falcons and a huge win for Washington now because they're two and two uh and in second place in the NFC East uh so this game is a good matchup I think this game is going to be incredibly watchable but to me I can't trust the Saints and then I'm still waiting for Washington's defense to show up but how do I know which Saints team is going to show up here to me I'm just going to go Washington because they're the home team but I don't know if you feel any differently
1: yeah as you know Randy we talked pre-show I didn't I didn't get a chance to watch the Giants Saints game um From what I've heard by all accounts, it was a very poor showing by the Saints in the second half, particularly the third quarter and overtime. Um, To me, it's like, who has the more dynamic players? Offensively, I think it's the Washington football team. And Terry McLaurin's got to be a top five wide receiver in the NFL.
0: He's playing like
1: uh, it. Yeah, just call him the Hoover vacuum cleaner because he is sucking up (laughs) every ball. It's really, you know, I I love watching young players ascend to that next status. And Leon Tompkins was talking about it, as was James Pinos in the chat. he he, he's definitely there he can clean up a lot of mistakes by Tyler Heineken I know it's Heineken but he's Tyler (laughs) Heineken Uh, but you're right it's the same quarterback as Fitzpatrick Washington came back furiously on the Atlanta Falcons but the Atlanta Falcons blow every lead known to man I just don't believe in my heart of hearts that New Orleans can score enough points as crazy as it sounds like Who would have thought that I'd be sitting here in the year 2021 saying that the Saints can't score enough points to keep up with a team like the Washington football team? I'm going to go the Washington football team here, Randy. I I think they're dynamic on special teams. I think offensively they can do things. Defensively, I'm concerned because it's not looking good. But give me the Washington football team, 28 to the New Orleans Saints, 24.
0: Important to note, Matt. Uh, that the Washington won that game on the one-year anniversary of Ron Rivera being cancer-free, I believe it was. Oh. Uh, this is also the same month the NFL does their crucial catch campaign, so it was an emotional win for Washington. And I wonder if. There's two ways that can go. You either take that and the momentum carries with you and you continue to be you continue to play inspired football or you ride that high and then you are unable to regather your focus uh, and you can lay a stinker out there for us. I think Ron Rivera is the type of guy who can hone that and use it to move forward with. Uh, I think he's done that his whole entire career, and he's done that to this point. I need to see Washington's defense make some plays here, because as you said, Terry McLaurin has made some plays. I thought they were going to be done when Logan Thomas left that game, but he, you know, I mean, they still were able to make plays without him. Uh, I, as much as I love Antonio Gibson, it appears J.D. McKissick is the guy in there making a ton of plays late in games. And he made a unbelievable long touchdown at the end of the Falcons game where he Superman dove and stuck the ball out over the pylon to give give Washington the lead. It was a crazy play and only a play that really could happen against the Falcons. Uh, But it was a great effort by McKissick. Uh, And I just think Washington has a ton of firepower all over the place. And if their defense can get pressure and do what they're supposed to do and what we expect them to do coming in here they can really take off and i i just expect them to to start getting going here the saints I don't know, man. They made it easy for Daniel Jones and the Giants. They left Kenny Galladay open one too many times in the fourth quarter. They let Saquon Barkley look like his old self in this game. He had two long touchdowns, or he had a long touchdown. John Ross had a 50-yard touchdown in that game. So I don't know what the Saints were doing in that game, really. Uh, and it led to like probably the best performance of Daniel Jones' career with 400 yards and a road victory. So I, I don't feel very good about the Saints. I didn't feel great about the Saints coming into the season. But after a couple big wins, I thought maybe they could prove me wrong. Uh, but now I'm liking the Washington football team in this game. I'm going to say Washington 26, the Saints 23. Moving on now to Carolina. Uh, Where the Panthers are coming off their first loss of the season at Dallas. Uh, They get kind of boat raced a little bit by the Cowboys in that great offense. And it's hard to keep up with them, as you can see. Um, But uh, they lost that game. So now they're three and one against the Eagles, who have lost three straight after their opening day win, uh, who got kind of beat up by the, the Chiefs, which is less to, you know, really, you know, shake your head at obviously the Chiefs uh, returning to form as we both thought they would. Um, but the Chiefs handling their business in Philadelphia, this, the, the, the Eagles are now one and three uh, and the and the Panthers now three and one. Look, this, I don't want to say anything is a must win game. And I already said that for another team, but to me it feels like the Eagles really need this one uh, and they're going to play desperation football, but I still think Carolina is a better team. So I'm conflicted here. Yeah,
1: I think Carolina. What I saw them against Dallas, and you know, we could talk about Dallas's defense um, when we get to them, but Dallas is pretty good. So I don't look at that as a bad loss for Carolina. Dallas is definitely a class, you know, a step up in competition. To me, the Panthers are a better football team. Sam Darnold's playing better football than Jalen Hurts. Um, I Jalen Hurts throws too many incomplete passes for him to ever be in. That where you could think he can win any game. So I just like Carolina here. Sam Darnold can do it on the ground. DJ Moore is fantastic. You know, real quietly, Hubbard, for the running back for the Panthers, has really stepped up his game, and he's pretty nice. I, I think he does a good job running the football. So to me, I, I like the Panthers here. I, I think they score enough points. I don't know if it's going to exactly be a defensive showdown, so give me the Panthers 34 to the Eagles
0: 29. Oh, all right. Well, CMC may be back this week. Uh, so, th- I mean, as well as Chuba Hubbard may or may not have been playing, uh, you might not have to worry about him a ton as much. But then the rushing uh, surprising aspect of the Panthers is that Sam Darnold has five rushing touchdowns this year, <laughs> and that leads the NFL uh, through four weeks, which is pretty crazy. Um which I'm so sorry, Jets fans, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, Darnold uh, did not look great in that second half uh, against the Cowboys. But, hey, I don't think Philly is going to offer quite the uh, offensive threat that the Cowboys do. No. I do like Philly. I like Jalen Hurts, um, but they, they don't know how to run the ball. They don't know what their identity is right now. Uh, their defense also really struggled against the Chiefs, which most defenses do. I like Carolina here as well. I do think it'll be very close. Uh, I think I, I'm going to go Carolina 28, Philly 27, and just a great game uh, that I'm looking forward to watching. Um, all right, moving on now to a AFC South matchup, and this one shouldn't take that long, Matt. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the AFC South, is, this division kind of sticks. Uh, we already talked about Jacksonville and their Meyer situation, and in comes Tennessee, who is – the team who just gave the New York Jets their first win of the season—they did not have AJ Brown, they did not have Julio Jones. Uh, they had a lead, nine nothing, I believe, in that game, and then the Jets came storming back, and then they took a lead, and then it was back and forth, and then in overtime, the Jets took a—the uh, Jets kicked a field goal to, to to go ahead, but the Titans have a chance to come down and tie it or take the lead. They took forever to do that. Uh, and then they elected to go for the game, tying field goal with second left. That would have prevented a loss, obviously, it just been a tie. And uh, Fat Randy, unfortunately, uh, Randy Bullock missed the field goal in overtime. So Tennessee now two and two uh, on the season, I believe. Or are they one and three, man? I, am I getting the record wrong? I uh, believe Tennessee's two and two because they beat Seattle. Yes, they are two and two on the season now against Jacksonville, who's 0 and 4. And this is a great week to get Jacksonville because they are just a damn mess. Uh, and I just think Tennessee gets right here against a division rival.
1: Yeah, I'll make it pretty quick here. Uh, Jacksonville is just a mess entirely. If I'm Tennessee, my goal is to give Tractor Cedo 35 touches. I don't care how I get it done. Usually a formula is you have a really good running game to pair with a really good defense. Tennessee does not have a really good defense, but they have Tractor Cedo against a disjointed, dysfunctional mess of a franchise in Jacksonville. Give me Tennessee 27, the Jaguars 14.
0: Yep, I'm going to go t- uh, Titans 31, Jags 20. Uh, okay, moving on. To another team in the AFC South, the Houston Texans got boat raced (laughs) by the Buffalo Bills, uh, laying an egg. Literally, they lost 40 to nothing to Josh Allen in the gang, uh, going against the New England Patriots, who we already broke down, thankfully, uh, and their tough loss to the Bucks. Um, look, as a team, as a guy who can't pick the the Bucks in uh, Survivor this week, I'm looking to this one to be my pick, because especially if Davis Mills isn't at quarterback. So uh, if Tyrod Taylor is back, this could be a much better game, but I'm unsure of his status at the moment. Um, so to me, I think New England handles their business and wins pretty comfortably here.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I knew what Tyrod Taylor's status was, and if anybody in the comment section knows, I, I think he I saw him listed as questionable officially, Randy, Mm-hmm. So, um, to me, it really depends if he plays. If he plays, that could be a game changer for them. Davis Mills is just awful, though. Like, he's a rookie. He's overmatched. He's nothing like Mac Jones. I don't think that New England has scored over 20 points with Mac Jones at quarterback. And I don't I, think they so. uh Once it was the Jets
0: game.
1: Okay. It was exactly 20, though, wasn't it? It was like 20 it was 25. To Oh, 25. Yeah, you're right, 25.
0: And I think they had a, a defensive touchdown in that game, even. So
1: okay. Yeah. So to me, I I mean I, I'm gonna go with the Patriots here as well. Give me the Patriots 18 to the Texans nine.
0: Give me the Patriots 24 to three. Uh, I just think Ooh. that Patriots defense is pretty good and Davis Mills stinks. So uh give me the pets and a blowout. All right, to the late games now, and, you know, both of our teams, you know, when they both come off wins, they're, like, eager to make the whole world watch them. So, they put them in these late-game late, late game scenarios where the whole country has to watch. And then your Bears, for some dumb reason, after coming off a big win against the Lions, the rookie quarterback looks pretty good. They go, you know what, I think we're going to put Andy Dalton back in there as our starting quarterback. Well, Matt Aggie making that decision yesterday, or at least said if, if Dalton can go, he will be the starter, <laughs> which is just – unbelievable and then the Raiders uh they're, they're going to the, the Vegas to play the Raiders you should be going to this game Matt by the way uh and and to play the uh, the car coming off of his first loss in the season so interesting matchup here Matt uh you're gonna go to this game or what I mean
1: if we could set up a GoFundMe page um the cheapest ticket is $800 wow so,
0: yes um I on would... ESPN it says tickets are as low as 205 dollars
1: yeah okay well uh, fine it's just espn come on uh go fund me still i need 205 uh, <laughs> uh, you know i i, I want to go to the giant roomba um, unfortunately family life dictates otherwise i will be watching from home i will be going to a raiders game next year though i, I promised myself that okay. um to, to me I, I go back and i'm just going to say this really quickly And I know I I said it in our chat, Justin Fields made the two best throws I've ever seen a Bears quarterback throw. And granted, the Bears quarterback position has been filled with a lot of nothingness. It is like void of life. So the bar wasn't very high. But if you haven't seen it, the Darnell Mooney throw on the sideline where he just drops in the bucket. He had a deeper pass earlier in the game. That was a pretty good ball, but this one was better, like right on the sideline, beautiful. And then that throw to Allen Robinson. I mean, just completely un- unbelievable. Allen Robinson heading to the sideline, glued. A guy was glued to him. And Justin Fields just puts it right over the fingertips, right into Allen Robinson's hands. Doesn't get any better than that. I love the momentum. And of course, Matt Nagy has to Matt Nagy. I, I just, Randy, I can't fathom this. I, uh, it's so disgusting. Who gives a shit about Andy Dalton? He's a ginger. I don't care about him. <laughs> it, it, it just it's a one-year contract. Why do we want to give Andy Dalton more? He there's no loyalty to these, you know, what? I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think, I think what's going to happen is Dalton's going to be hurt all year. He's going to be week to week all year. Uh, Everyone's going to be questioning this because Matt Nagy thinks he's going to get some stupid advantage going into a game after they uh, beat the Lions. David Montgomery is out for four to five weeks, though. That is a huge injury. That is monumental for this team. And I Mm -hmm. don't think it's going to be enough for them to overcome and win this game. The Raiders didn't look very good against the Chargers, but let's face it, the Chargers are Uh, a step up versus the Bears even though the Bears have maybe a better well equal if not better defense I I think it's the same I think Derek Carr might be able to do enough here it wouldn't surprise me if the Bears win this game is not going to be pretty in my opinion Randy I'm going to take the Raiders 20 to the Bears 17
0: all right I mean, the disrespect to Josh McCown's throw to Alshon Jeffrey on Monday Night Football back uh, all those years ago. And totally great disrespect. Throw, Great throw, not like Justin Fields, baby. Great, great throw, man. Great. Uh, I still remember that because it's, it's the Cowboys, that was great. Uh, I'll never forget that. Uh, Josh McCown to me, best throw in Bears history. Uh, and, <laughs> and dis- I mean, the Jay Cutler disrespect, too, is just blaring. He's got to have a better throw than that. Some at some point, no, huh? no, no.
1: I mean, it, the arm strength is equal. Well, I don't know. Jay Cutler may have had a top five arm in NFL history, the guy could throw it a country mile. Yeah. But accuracy, Jake Culler was never really good with the accuracy. All right. And there
0: might be some some recency bias going on here with Justin Fields. But I get it. Excitement. You want that. I understand. All right. Well, um, it, it
1: died Sunday at the press conference.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Matt Nagy, I swear, this guy is comical. Um, I, I don't know if our live feed just got interrupted on, on the football life or not, but it might have. Um, I mean, it
1: looks like it did.
0: But what all day? right. We're back. We're back. live.
1: Yeah, we're back live.
0: All right, we're back. All right, um, so to me, Vegas coming off of a tough loss against a good Chargers team. Bears coming off of a win over a bad Lions team. If you go back to Andy Dalton, I have no faith in your team to win in this game, but I do think Vegas being banged up uh, on the secondary will keep you in this game a little bit more than it originally expected. Uh, but I do like Vegas to win at home 24 to 21, uh, maybe on the last uh, second field goal. But I do think it'll be a fun game. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a good game to watch. Another late game. We're approaching the 8 o'clock hour now on the East Coast. First pitch for the Yankees coming up here. Uh, So we're going to break these down, and I'm going to go watch the Yankee season potentially end. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, Now we're moving on to Cleveland, traveling to SoFi to play the Chargers in the stadium we saw last night. This game is awesome. Uh, I love this matchup. This might be the game of the week to me. Uh, The Browns come off of a dominating defensive performance over the Vikings in a 14-7 win. Offensively for the Browns, they're still not clicking on all cylinders. They're running the ball well, but Baker Mayfield does not appear to be in a groove, specifically with Odell Beckham Jr. And Odell gets a lot of blame for that, and I am here to tell you I'm done with that. (laughs) Watch the tape of this game. Odell Beckham Jr. looks incredible. He looks like he's back to being himself again. There were at least five occasions where Odell beat his defender and had clear lanes, and Baker either threw the ball behind him, over his head, or was just completely out of sync on timing with him. Now, someone or somehow people will blame Odell for this. To me, this is a Baker Mayfield problem, and he better figure it out because he's hurting his team by not – being in sync with Odell um Odell looks like he's fully back to me I'm excited about it I'm very happy that 13 looks at, like he's back to being himself again uh on the other side of the ball the Chargers we already talked about Herbert is amazing the Chargers look like a perennial contender here in the a- AFC I love this matchup uh I think the Chargers may have the edge because they're home but at the same time the Browns defense may be amongst the best in the league so I don't know who to pick at the moment Matt what do you think
1: this, by far, to me, is the hardest game to pick of the season so far. I do not believe in Baker Mayfield at all. To me, it just feels like he's good enough to get you beat. Like, he's not a bad quarterback, but I don't ever see him as a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Justin Herbert, I feel, is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. I could see Justin Herbert lifting many Lombardies. I... I just think, Randy, at the end of the day, somehow Herbert is going to pull this one out and it's going to be the charges. But Miles Garrett against Rashawn Slater is going to be on my highlight reel. I want to watch that. Mm-hmm. I want to focus on it. My only gripe about this is why the hell this game isn't on Sunday night football or Monday night football. Hmm. this is the premier premier matchup of the week and it shouldn't have been a surprise coming into this year either that's the thing i don't understand why is this game not there everyone knew that the charges were going to be good and everyone Hmm. knew the browns were going to be good and the nfl just screws these things up and it's maddening to me
0: yeah i mean the chargers played monday night this past week but they still could be on sunday night um and then you'd have to push the sunday night matchup to monday night which i wouldn't have even minded looking at the two f- prime time games this week which we'll get yeah. to um but there's history there between both of those matchups as well so i i understand but this matchup itself i agree should have had a prime time spot because uh I, they're just it's just going to be going to be fun and to your point i think is i look at this matchup the person i trust the least is baker mayfield uh and i think the world of justin herbert so i'm going to go chargers here did you give your official score prediction matt yeah
1: i'm gonna go chargers 17 to the Browns 16
0: i'm gonna go chargers 20 uh to the browns 19 it's gonna be gonna be all time stuff here folks yeah Uh, i just love the browns defense so they're not gonna let chargers go all off on them but it is gonna be an entertaining game nonetheless all right the 4:25 Fox kickoff features two game two teams from the NFC East. None of them are winless anymore, <laughs> by the way. The New York Giants coming off of a huge yeah. win in New Orleans. I'm not going to get all pom pomy here with the Giants. I'm actually kind of mad that they won because uh, you know they're only going to hurt their draft stock. And Dave Gettleman can walk around like he actually did something. How about you have a 500 team for once in your life, Dave? Uh, and then maybe we could talk. But the Giants now one and three. Uh, Daniel Jones coming off of a hell of a, a, a win, and uh, honestly a great game and honestly a good stretch of football that he's been playing. Um, and then they go to Dallas to play the Cowboys the, the, if not the best offense in the league, one of the best offenses in the league. And their defense isn't too shabby either. The Cowboys looking like uh, the cream of the crop in the NFC so far this season uh, after their route of the Carolina Panthers. So to me, this is a bad spot for the Giants uh, to go into Dallas after your big win. I think that we're due for the Daniel Jones stinker. He's really only had two turnovers on the year. Um, I I don't know if I I believe in this Daniel Jones uh, resurgence, confident play, but nonetheless, uh, this is where we are. We have Jason Garrett returning to Dallas um, to, to maybe get some revenge on his old team. Probably unlikely. To me, it comes down to Dallas overall, just way better offensively. And I'm just shocked at how well the defense has played. It helps that Trevon Diggs has already had five interceptions on the season. Uh, and um, Micah Parsons has filled in for the absence of Lawrence on the edge uh, very nicely here. So the Cowboys all around looking like a juggernaut in the NFC. And I don't know if the Giants can keep up and score with them or not. Yeah, Randy, I, you know, nice win.
1: I hope the Giants celebrated rather heartedly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This one, I have a feeling, is going to get ugly. And I, you know, I'll, I'll somewhat apologize for our chat for those who are not privy. I, I questioned this primetime matchup. And I was informed that it's such a huge rivalry it that is. there was no other place to put it but through the four o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And I'm
0: not saying it needed to be Sunday night football or Monday night football, but no, yeah, man. a later spot is worthy. Well, of it.
1: it's Fox's game, Fox's America game of the week.
0: It's America's team against the biggest market in the country, Matt.
1: Look, there's a better football game being played on the West Coast. Okay. That's all well. I'm saying. But I, I, you know what? Giants came off of a win. Dallas is an elite team. I, I I'm just gonna say it. Dallas is elite. They are elite. They are good. They may have the best offense in the NFL. And my MVP candidates right now are Justin Herbert. Uh, the, 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 what's his name in Dallas? Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, and Matthew Stafford.
0: Those not Kyler Murray. No Kyler Murray,
1: huh? Uh, Kyler Murray, you know, the interceptions, I like, eh, kind of iffy about, but, you know, he's creeping up there. I, I give Kyler Murray the number five spot in that race. I, I think those five guys are definitely worthy. Okay. Um, yeah, so so Kyler Murray, yeah, let's put Kyler Murray in there. Dak's playing on a different level. Um, supposedly his shoulder was not, going to be ready for the season he's just torched every team he's played yeah um i the Giants secondary i it's not going to be able to hold up i'm just going to say it right now randy that giant secondary is going to get torched by cd cooper and Gallup, and then you yeah. throw in a resurgent ezekiel elliott then you can throw tony pollard at him and then you have dallas goder as your tight end
0: right no. <laughs> You mean Dalton Schultz Dalton and Blake Schultz. Darwin?
1: Yeah, Blake Darwin. I don't know where I got Godart from, from Philly, but okay. Yes. Dallas, you know, Dallas. Dallas mm-hmm. Yep, I'm thinking Dallas on the brain. To, to me, there's just too many weapons. And the Giants defense is a try hard, be good, but Blake Martinez, I, I don't think he – I think he's out for the rest of the year, to be honest, but I don't he know. Is out. He, okay. He's out. I, and Bradbury is your best corner, and after Bradbury, you have uh, the kid from Tennessee. I can't remember his name because he sucks.
0: Uh, Yeah, Dory Jackson.
1: Dory Jackson, this is just—you go, you play a team like the Saints, and you you think that okay, quarterback they're limited. You you go now, you're going against Dallas, and it's a different animal. It, It is a different animal. I'm taking Dallas 44 to the Giants 24.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a different animal than Jameis Winston, Alvin Kamara, and then you have Marquez Callaway, and, you know, just a bunch of random guys. And this is much more of a offensive thread and a lot much more of an offensive beast that you're playing this week. And I, I just think the Giants are going to be overmatched in this game. Uh, I like the Cowboys 38 to the Giants 21. Uh, and, I, you know, Giants are one and four. Great. Go uh, that win. Enjoy the win for a couple more days while it lasts. All right. The other 430 game of the week uh, will be San Francisco 49ers traveling to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Uh, there's a chance Jimmy G misses this game. There's a chance Jimmy G plays in this game, but here we are another season of the Niners getting banged up. Once again, I I, I mean, every single year with this team, they get beat up and beat the shit out of. Um, and they're just hobbled coming into this one. Now uh, the Niners losing to the Seahawks last week and, And, you know, I don't really think the game is really all that close. Uh, The one bright spot for the Niners so far this year has been Debo Samuel, who I believe leads the NFL in receiving yards. So congratulations to him on that. But I don't feel great about the Niners coming into this game because the Cardinals coming off of a massive win over the Rams and a team that owns them historically. And here they are, the last remaining undefeated team in the NFL at 4-0. We get full-blown Kyler Murray at his peak level, I think, and the offense is clicking and all cylinders. They're running the ball well. The defense is playing pretty well, and I just love the Cardinals in this spot, and I think they're going to give it to the Niners.
1: The Cardinals have six different players with 15-plus receptions. Wow. So that tells you that they're spreading the ball around. Their leading reception getter is Chase Edmonds with 29. Holy crap. Yes. Um, what they are doing is really making you pick your poison and Kyler Murray's identifying the open target. A.J. Green look al- looked alive last week. He looked really good against the 49ers secondary. That isn't good. Let's just call it what it is. That 49ers secondary is not good. Offensively, I don't think they can score points. To me, I-, I think this has the makings of a good game, but the issue is, is Nick Bosa going to be enough? Yeah. You know, you decided to keep Eric Armstead over DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead's been kind of, eh. you know, you got Fred Warner, all world linebacker, no doubt that the, the guy's fantastic. But to me, I, I mean, I, I already got into the 49ers. I, I don't want to spend a great deal of time on them. Give me the Cardinals 37 to the 49ers 22.
0: Yeah, uh, the Niners. I just don't trust at this point in time, and I don't think it is enough to stop this high high-powered Arizona Cardinals offense. So I think the Cardinals are going to win thirty-five to the Niners nineteen, uh, and it's not particularly close. Okay, now the Sunday night football game, and this is the reason why this is a Sunday night football game. It's a rematch of the AFC title game from a year ago uh, in a game that really wasn't that close. But now the Bills have come off three straight wins, uh, one uh, dominating one over the Houston Texans to play the Chiefs, who are two and two on the season now after a get right game over the Philadelphia Eagles, in which Mahomes threw five touchdown passes. So it looks like both these teams are meeting at a time where both teams are playing pretty well. Um, And the Buffalo defense has been really good this year. I think Josh Allen is off to a hot and cold start. I don't think he even played amazing in the Texans game. I think he played fine. Um, But overall, I don't think we've seen the best of Josh Allen yet. Uh, And I don't think Kansas City's defense has really been a team that really has prevented much of a challenge for opposing quarterbacks. So I think this has shootout written all over it, and I just think Kansas City has the edge by being home, but ultimately it wouldn't shock me if Buffalo uh, won a game here. I'm not going to pick against
1: Patrick Mahomes right now. (laughs) Um, I know you're not. Yeah, Josh Gordon, I, I think, will add a very, very big dimension to this team. If he's in shape and if he can go, I think they got their number two wide receiver to pair along with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, which opens a different dimension. Let, let's face it, the, the biggest issue for the Chiefs has been Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean, if he doesn't turn the ball over, the Chiefs are 4 0. I mean, It's that Ravens game. He turned it over, and then um, the Chargers game was just just odd with the Chiefs and the ball hitting the wide receiver's hands and going right to the Chargers' defensive back. To to me, the Chiefs are just on the other side of bad luck. You know, there's getting a lot of bad bounces right now. But Clyde edwards Hilaire has been a been a problem. But to me, I think the Chiefs are starting to find that groove. They're starting to get in that rhythm. And I think the Chiefs pull this one out. I think it's going to be high scoring, which favors the Chiefs. So I'm going to take the Chiefs 34 to the Bills 31.
0: All right. Uh, I like the Chiefs also, and I think they're going to win close. But I'm going to go 33 to 28, uh, and it's going to come down to the end, but it'll be exciting uh, to the very end of it. So. All right, Monday Night Football, and this might not feel like the greatest Monday Night Football matchup ever, and it's the Indianapolis Colts going to Baltimore to play the Ravens. But these have franchise history uh, markings, right, Matt? I mean, it used to be the Baltimore Colts, uh, and then they got bought out, and they moved to Baltimore to become the Ravens, and then the Indianapolis Colts come back. I mean, there's a ton of history here, uh, maybe not actively amongst the players on the field, but uh, amongst fan bases, sure. Um, but we underestimated the Ravens, I think, big time uh, coming into the season. They are now 3-1. and one. They could easily be 4-0, and the Colts, they just, I mean, they got a nice win over the the Dolphins, but I do not trust Carson Wentz to do anything against a quality team in Baltimore, so I like the Ravens here by at least a touchdown.
1: Yeah, I think what Lamar Jackson can do with his feet really causes a lot of issues for the Colts here. Um, What the Ravens are able to do, I mean, really, it's just, can Hollywood Brown hold on to a damn pass? I mean, honestly like just catch the damn football
0: mm-hmm. um i, I he like did the, He had a nice diving catch
1: yeah so about about time hollywood yeah. um but no I, I like the ravens here i think defensively they're catching their groove and i know first pitch i, I already know what's going on with the game randy so i'm gonna let you get out of here i'm just gonna hurry up and pick <laughs> so i, I stopped talking i'm gonna go the ravens 24 the
0: Colts 17 all right, I'm going to go Baltimore 23 to the, Raven, uh, to the Colts 14. And uh, again, Baltimore just runs all over them. And Stan already uh, gets a hit, so that's a single on the board. Two outs, Joey Gallo is up. The Yankees are not threatening, but, you know, they're up right now. Um, so, hey, let's do a quick uh, teaser. Uh, due to Facebook and the whole Internet crashing yesterday, uh, Vince McGonagall and Harry Maldonado Jr.'s playoff preview will be tomorrow night in Baseball Life uh dong city returns then it was supposed to be yesterday but again uh facebook and other social media being just completely gone they decided to kick it back to tomorrow uh we'll be back next tuesday with all of our uh recaps and previews and more of a traditional show most likely unless there's playoff baseball which you know there always is a threat of that happening matt uh and then we have other shows as well so um thank you for everyone t- tuning in to our facebook live for our youtube our audio only platforms matt do you have any parting words for the audience
1: Randy, tonight's the nutcracker. If the Yankees win, our bet could be null and void if the White Sox and the Yankees both lose a division series. But if the Yankees lose, Randy will be Andy Dalton for a day.
0: (laughs) Major bet implications tonight. So enjoy Yankees, Red Sox. I'm not going to enjoy it, but let's go Yankees. Come on, baby. Let's go. End Boston season. Let's Go! On behalf of Matt Bushnell, I'm Randy Hammond saying let's go, Yankees, and we'll see you next week.